coming up this week on Breaking Badness. Today we discuss XYZ your RDP, Gold Brute Botnet brute forcing 1.5 million RDP servers, shut the back door, a new FireEye report covers Hawkball, and finally, opening the Komodo on cryptocurrency. Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to Breaking Madness, episode number 16, recorded on June 10th, 2019. I'm your co-host, Kelsey, under the pun label. With me, co-host Emily, mini hats hacker. And last but not least, Tim, if a port is open but no services are listening on it, is the port really open? Helming. Is that the longest intro you've ever had, Tim? Don't encourage him. So far. Yeah, you do realize the gauntlet's been thrown down now. <laughs> this podcast just went from 30 minutes to 45. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well, let's port on over to our first article. I know, team, I can do better, but here we are. Um, the first discussion that we have today is XYZ, your RDP. XYZ, for those who have forgotten, is examine your zipper. Um, just, you know, we do a lot of acronym suits. And how should important. we do it? We should do it. PDQ. <laughs> Pretty darn quick. Oh. XYZ PDQ. That's, is that an old thing? Am I old again? I, I, mean, I guess I'm old again. I I've heard XYZ, but I've never heard PDQ. Yeah. Maybe no one cared about how long how, it took me. How long it took? I mean, because... XYZ, at your leisure. Yeah, right. <laughs> that pro- probably nobody would do it slowly, right? If somebody says that to you, it's kind of... So the PDQ is pretty redundant, somebody actually. Somebody ever asked you to slowly examine your zipper. Right. That's a different That's conversation. That's pretty bad. That's actually. not probably an appropriate situation. No, not one, not one that should be occurring on this podcast <laughs> anyway. So let's segue in. Um, <laughs> I left my segue at home. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. So RDP, the remote desktop protocol, made the news recently after Microsoft patched a critical remote code execution vulnerability, CVE-2019-0708. So first of all, it turns out exposing RDP to the Internet um, has never really been a great idea. Botnets have been scanning for these servers and are using weak and reused passwords to gain access to them. So, Tim, I'm going to start with you today. Can you dive into the latest example of such a botnet? Dive I can and dive I will, Kelsey. (laughs) Dive, dive, dive. Dive, dive. We need the submarine sound effect now. Longtime listeners to this podcast, by the way, probably are realizing, okay, these guys bring up like five different sound effects they need every week. And, and yet they don't, they we don't never, have them. We yeah. had one we, time we had sound effects. We will deliver on the sound effects someday, I promise. Okay. <laughs> uh, so this report was uh, that we came across was on a botnet called Gold Brute. Gold Brute. That's right. Kelsey's going to say that multiple times Brute. today. You have been warned. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and uh, this uh, this is a botnet that has been, in fact, um, exploiting open uh, RDP out there. And uh, as we'll see, they've uh, they've found a lot of it. Did they use any brute force? They certainly did. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, so what has it been up to, Tim? Goldbrut. <laughs> so, a big part of what this botnet seems to be up to is just building itself up. So, it's taking these RDP servers that it finds and that it can brute force its way into um, by attempting you know, large-scale username-password combinations. Um, and when it brute forces itself into them, it sets them up to go and recruit more open RDP servers, and it hands all that information out to a uh, command and control server. Can we just take a minute to tell all of our listeners, take a moment to build yourself up. <laughs> That's what we all should be doing. Self-care That's is a really good point. very important. Just we'll like wait. this gold brute, just you need to build yourself, yourself up. up too. Every morning, look in your... In your mirror, like your gold brute, brute, and build yourself up, Buttercup. I would do my C2 proud today. Exactly. <laughs> All right. That was an important moment. Moment. Of self-validation. <laughs> the more you know by domain tools and breaking badness. Okay, so I'm assuming there's quite a bit more information available on this botnet infrastructure can you break that down? Yeah. Uh, Morphus Labs, the Brazilian company that wrote this up, did some characterization of the uh, infrastructure, which our listeners will be able to see if they check out the link on the blog version of this podcast episode. Uh, but basically, in classic botnet fashion, the infrastructure is mostly made up of innocent machines that have been compromised. Now, having said that, I'm going to put innocent in quotes here because you could say that having RDP openly exposed to the internet is really a bad enough idea that you're not entirely innocent if you do it. I'm not that innocent. <laughs> oh, we know Kelsey's got some RDP out there. <laughs> That's what Brittany was singing about. <laughs> That's right. Now, if you're using strong username password combinations, then you're probably not at super high risk from this botnet. But still, that old RDP server of yours should really be sitting behind a VPN. Absolutely. So, Tim, how is this gold brute attack carried out, this whole campaign? How's it carried out? In a big paper sack with those <laughs> handles that always rip when you're really counting on them. Oh, the worst. <laughs> uh, I'm really just do. kidding. Uh, this is a pretty automated campaign. Uh, it doesn't use phishing or any other things that involve humans to carry out the attack. So it just keeps on running and self-propagating. So unless or until it's taken down, it'll just keep on running on its own. The Energizer Bunny. It may outlive us all. <laughs> it probably will. A good point. So... Let's let's finish maybe this conversation up with any takeaways from the gold brute code, and then we'll actually lead into the hoodie goodie rating for both of you. Well, the code mainly seems to be in service right now, at least, of just building up a really big botnet. So my assumption will be at some point this botnet will be used for other purposes besides just building itself up. And, you know, it'll probably go up for rent or something. When you're trying to get premium rent for a botnet out there on the dark web, you got to have a pretty big botnet. So, you know, the couple of million servers or so maybe that they have compromised, maybe that's not enough and they got to got to get it up to a critical mass. This is speculation on my part, but uh, the analysis of the code from Morphous Labs seems to mainly indicate just the ways that this bot is going out and recruiting more zombie RDP servers rather than what it's doing with them to inflict some other kind of harm. And I may sound like a broken record, but I think always an important question to ask when we're thinking about how, you know, basically the goodie or hoodie scale is the scale that we're dealing with here. 
um, the scale of victims. So do you have any sense of this, or was that characterized in the blog? Well, Morpheus did a test where they ran the, the malcode for six hours, and in that time they got about 2.1 million IP addresses, and of those, about 1.5 million of them were unique. So there is a lot of compromised RDP out there. We don't know what the total number is, of course, um, but don't do it. Don't put your RDP out on the Internet, people. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> Job it's security. Kelsey today. <laughs> Just today? Just. <laughs> okay, so Tim, then I'm going to ask for your hoodie rating. You know, this, again, it sort of depends. Like, if you have an RDP server with a weak username con a password combination out there, that was already like a eight hoodie event for you, mm -hmm. even if this uh, botnet didn't come along. So if you are not doing that and if you're practicing safe RDP, then this is like a zero hoodie event for you. So in the grand scheme of things, I mean, I think it's pretty low, but I think people really need to think about what services they have open on the internet and whether they truly need them to be. Just ask yourself if you're practicing safe <laughs> RDP. Yes. So what's, I, I need a final You do, you need me. a number, don't you? <laughs> Like politician talked his way out of that one. I didn't even realize You're he had right. an answer. That was very political, wasn't it? I just weaseled my way right out of saying one. It's a one. It's a one. All right, Emily, has Tim convinced you that it's a one? I mean, how can I? I believe in Tim Helming after that talk. <laughs> he raises his arms victorious. And thus, the political career was launched. <laughs> I do agree that this first. is I'll pretty see you on minimal. The airwaves. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I agree that it's a pretty minimal thing because it's only affecting people who have made a conscious choice almost at this point to <laughs> it's be like self-inflicted, right? Right. Um, that being said, I think I don't know. If one, I was thinking like I don't know. I you know how I don't like to like commit and like ones and tens are like committing and so i was gonna go for a two because it's like slightly less um committal so all right okay fair enough yeah <laughs> now that we've gotten all this uh brute out of our system i think it's only natural that we move on to shut the back door shut the back door shut the back door so FireEye labs recently observed an attack against the government sector in central asia so the attack involved the new Hawkball backdoor being delivered via well-known Microsoft Office vulnerabilities CVE-2017-11882 and CVE-2018-0802. I feel like I should be following up all those numbers with some sort of... Hut, hut, hike! <laughs> I was thinking like a scene on TV television advertisement, but also football, yes. Yeah, no, football is never going to be the thing that comes to my mind. But I, that I also got to say that, you know, somehow Hawkball also feels that word. I don't like that word very much. That, that, it feels kind of like us upper respiratory problem. -ish. Oh, yeah, oh. which is like kind of useful kinda, today because my throat and lungs yeah. are not having it. So if I just say Hawkball, maybe I'll feel like, better. I saw this dude on the street. <laughs> Excuse me. Spit out Played a nasty hawk old hawkball. God, that was gross. I like the way you uh, mispronounced it, though, the other day when you said hackball. It is. And I, I think, think that was a huge missed opportunity. Mm. Mm. A game of hackball. Brought to you by Breaking Badness.
a game that nobody wins. <laughs> or maybe they do. Hackball, anyway. I'll just point out, Hackball could be an event with fancy clothing and music. Oh, a Hackball, ah. where like a bunch of hackers or just my family shows up. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now that you brought your family up, let's ask the first question. Um, so let's start with the basics. This is the group therapy section of Breaking Badness. It all started when I was a kid. Emily, please relocate. It always to the does. <laughs> let's start with the basics, shall we? Other than a really fun game, as we've already discussed, what is Hawkball? Well, Hawkball is, as we mentioned, it's a back door. Um, hence the fun pun. Shut the back door. That one. Um, and the attackers are using this to siphon information as well as deliver additional malware to um, infected machines. It's it's a um, hawkball. I keep wanting to say hackball now. Hawkball can uh, survey the host to get information. It can uh, execute native Windows commands. It can actually terminate processes and create, delete, upload search for and, uh, files and enumerate drives. So it just has a lot of capabilities. Oh, is that all? Um, you know, <laughs> it's, it's it really could add some more. Th- no, yeah. Right. That's, it's like basically doing practically everything your computer does. Isn't that nice? Almost. Yeah, we really have to do that as seen on TV. Oh, yeah. Like, if I could talk this. that fast, like... Terminating process. Yes. <laughs> creating, deleting, and uploading files, searching for files, and enumerating drives. Hackball! <laughs> Side effects of using Hackball may include... <laughs> <laughs> We'll wave shipping and handling if you buy in the next 30 seconds. Anyway, okay, so now that you're sold, actually, hopefully nobody's sold on Hackball. Uh, but FireEye did a fantastic job. They included quite a bit of uh, content within this blog post, some IOCs, lots of screenshots. Um, they actually dug into the, the decoy docs, so there was a screenshot of that. And so, Emily, I wanted to ask if you found any interesting details you'd like to share from that. Yeah. Um, so the report from FireEye, as you mentioned, talked about the decoy file and mentioned that it's called doc.rtf. It contains an OLE object that um, actually uses equation editor to um, drop the shell code, and then that's decrypted in memory. One thing that I found was interesting, um, we translated the um, document because it looks to be in like Cyrillic. It's in Russian. Um, and the translation of the document is collection of the guiding composition of anti-terroristic security units and special services of the CIS states parties. Um, easy for them to say. Easy for them to say. The CIS state parties are the Commonwealth of Independent States, which are a lot of former Soviet Union countries. So that in and of itself, I feel like is interesting kind of gives a clue as to who in Central Asia, Russia, this might have been targeting. So, I almost made you name off every single one of those. I thought about it. <laughs> I like was about to open my mouth and go through it, and I was like, you know. Starts, goes from all the way from Armenia to Uzbekistan. That's all you need to know, listeners. <laughs> uh, so I, I think it'd be really helpful, too, if you took us through the actual attack that FireEye published. Yeah, so uh, FireEye's report was extremely detailed um, and technical, and I will try and boil it down to a kind of high-level just overview of what this did. So basically, the decoy document, um, I believe, was delivered via phishing email. <clears throat> After decrypting um, the shellcode, as I mentioned above, it um, does all the stuff that I mentioned before where it can you know, siphon information off, it can get 
uh, it can execute Windows commands, terminate processes. All after it does all of that, it has a log file that it um, stores any of the information that it's stealing from the machine um, in a pretty traditional malware location, so app data temp. Um, and then it sends it out to the C2 via a single hard-coded IP in the malware. So it um, doesn't really seem to be very sophisticated, actually, in my opinion. So That's interesting. Or, or very resilient, right? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> So did anything catch your eye regarding the malware that was being dropped and used in this attack or any other components specifically that you'd like to call out? Yeah, the main thing that I found interesting was just that we what we just started mentioning was that it's really um, kind of not very sophisticated. And like you said, it's a, it's got like a kind of single point of failure here. If it's um, it only has this single hard coded C2 server. So it's like you block that and. Then it's you, over. It's over. It's like game. Get it's Hawkball over. lost is what I'm That's saying. That's why it's called Hawkball. It's a game, and they lost before they started. But, <laughs> so they see to that. Oh, I could have done better. I'm sorry. <laughs> see to it. There we go. See to it. <laughs> um, yeah. The IP is actually owned by a company called Chupa, which, besides just being fun to say, is actually a dedicated hosting provider. So that means that there wasn't a lot of information to get from that. And it really means that pretty much anyone, like, you don't have to be sophisticated to have been doing this attack. Okay, but you know what? This is kind of spooky because I believe, if, if I'm not mistaken, that is the exact same hosting company that also came up in my investigation of the uh, previous story that we talked about. Oh, the, really? Last uh, week? Gold Brood. Oh, the IP oh. address you that mean was... Gold Brood? Gold this Brood. Okay. week. I the thought you meant last IP, week. No, this week. The IP address that was the C2 server that was called out in the report from Morpheus Labs was on, guess what? Chupa, Chupa. LLC. <laughs> Hashtag dun, paranormal. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I think it would behoove us to start a blog post that's just simply filled with all the ridiculous and wonderful fun things to say that we come across. Like Chupa. Hawkball. Hawkball. Gold Brut. Most of the things we choose. I'm seeing sort of a pattern here and yeah. what interests us. Breaking Badness, where you hear the stories with the funnest to pronounce words. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so you know the question I'll ask next, which was basically who were the targeted, intended targets of the attack? Yeah, so um, FireEye didn't really call that out other than just saying um, the government sector in Central Asia. Um, and there's no more details in the report than that. But like I said, based on the decoy document being in Russia, I'm going to, you know, take a wild guess that this is probably targeting Russia or a, a country that. Predominantly it rhymes speaks, with Russia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, predominantly speaks Russian. Um, and on top of that, since the decoy document was regarding like anti-terroristic security units and stuff, I wouldn't be surprised to find out that it was targeting uh, specifically in the government sector um, groups that might track terrorism activities or intelligence groups, you know, that would be tracking that kind of activity. Um, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, with all that in mind... I'm going to make you pick a number. Hoodie or goodie score? Hoodie. All right. What number of hoodies? <laughs> Honestly, this one I'm going to put pretty low. I feel like um, at first glance, 
This one is, um, it seems like, like alert, alert, but like no one can see me doing the flashing lights thing with my hands, but um, <laughs> it seems like it's going to be a big deal. But the more you read about it, it seems very unsophisticated. It doesn't even really seem like that big of a deal. It just seems like yet another similar variation on the same thing we are seeing and not even that great. <laughs> and um, it's targeting Russia potentially, but we don't know by whom. So honestly, three. Three it is. Tim, would you agree with that rating? A three from Emily? Well, it's her rating. Who am I to disagree with it? That's Tim. what I'd like to know. I, I think I'm going to give it a lower rating than that, though, um, because for all the reasons that you just said, like you gave all these great reasons for me and to give I, it like, a one. And then I bumped it up. <laughs> so I'm giving it a one. I'm uh, uh, That's another one for me today. Well, I he think just this has, is the first day I've had two hoodie ratings I was going to say, you're so just far. like... Are you like just over security now? You're like, whatever. Who even cares anymore? I'm all one, out of one. hoodies to give people. <laughs> Have you heard about the skills gap? There aren't any hoodies left. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, on that pessimistic note, let's go into something more entertaining, um, which is Komodo, a cryptocurrency project and developer of Agama. Wallet, adopted a surprisingly unique way to protect its customers' funds. The company hacked its customers and, without authorization, transferred nearly 8 million KMD and 96 bitcoins from their cryptocurrency wallets to a new address owned by the company. 8 million KMD. Is that Komodo Dragons? It most certainly has to be. It's the only thing that How many bitcoin is, worth, is one Komodo Dragon? It's worth? about the translation... The translation. That's a new word. <laughs> well, now. <laughs> the translation of Stanley Nichols to Deutsch Root Bucks. Okay. It's similar to that. I understand completely now. Yeah. Okay, good. Excellent. So let's start with the obvious question. You, I guess you already answered the obvious question of the Komodo dragons. Everyone was already thinking That's that. That's for sure the top question here. Um, the next question would be, why would Komodo do this? So, Tim, would you like to tackle that question? Yeah, naturally, they hacked their own customers' wallets to, ready for it, protect their customers. Because what good company doesn't hack their customers to protect their customers, right? Disclaimer, we at Domain Tools do not hack our customers <laughs> to protect our customers. I don't get on the phone with legal after this conversation. <laughs> um, now, what happened is that they were alerted to the presence of a malicious backdoor in an open source library that they were using. And that malicious backdoor was able to send uh, various kinds of private information, seed information, and potentially private keys and stuff that could uh, allow a uh, an attacker to steal or to transfer uh, coin from the wallets Dragons. of Komodo's customers. Dragons, yes. Sorry, to, to move dragons. Komodo's Komodo dragons. Uh, from their customers to the attacker's accounts. So steal that money from the, uh, from the customers. So instead, what Komodo decided to do was to use the same exploit against their own customers and transfer that money out of their own customers' accounts into an account controlled by Komodo, where presumably the customers' dragons were all safe. <laughs> This is slowly turning into an episode of like Harry Potter or a movie, a film. That's right. <laughs> they have not. One can dream. How to train your Komodo dragons. <laughs> how, how to drain your dragons. How to drain your 
Oh, that could have been the name of this segment. <laughs> yeah. Um, Except that probably nobody that knows that <laughs> cryptocurrency actually calls them their dragons, but we do. We do. For the sake of that pun, we shall. That's we right. have an episode title, people. <laughs> I'm dragging you all down with me. Oh. Hey. And Tim did not react. <laughs> Tim, uh, raised I reacted. eyebrows. That, that was, was a, a courtesy facial movement, not even a laugh. Darn it, we got to start doing a video. <laughs> Podcast because then, then that would be our uh, listeners as well. captured. Yeah, no, actually, I think that really we should not do that. So, sorry, was there a question on the table here? The question was, "Great job, Tim," which is in fact not a question. Thank you for that fantastic uh, synthesizing <laughs> effort. <laughs> Thank you for that. Just thanks say, for thanks. keeping us together, Kurt Knob. Oh man, <laughs> bringing it back to episode. Back to that. He's three. like, "God oh, dang it! I thought they had forgotten thought about that." Was gone. Never. And now I'll switch it over to Emily here, which is, what what would you say if you were a customer of Komodo? Well, where are my dragons? Where are my dragons? (laughs) First of all. Second of all, I did notice that um, on the Komodo website, they tell their customers that if you had funds stored in Komodo's Agama wallet, and those funds were moved without your knowledge or permission to please complete a form, which is linked, at your earliest convenience. So whenever you, I suppose, feel like having your dragons returned, you can simply fill out that form. <laughs> what an awesome phishing email that is. I, right, right, actually. Yeah, you're worried about your cryptocurrency, so just click this link yeah. and everything will be fine. So, Like, yeah. really, Komodo? Like, <laughs> it doesn't seem... Is it a new, newly registered domain? Um, make it juicier. Oh, that would be good, I am a it? little bit scared to click on this, but you know what? Go for it. <laughs> oh, this is live, this from our dangerous podcasting here. It is a... Um, <laughs> Tell me it's a .pw. No, it's a, a Google. .tk. It's a, an Top? online Google doc form. Uh, it's like a... Was one it of those Google, on uh, Google form, like Google survey type forms. Oh. So, yes, and which we just saw last exactly week. Exactly. A phishing Ooh. email created as a survey. Well, the link was. Yeah. Oh, so, goodness. yeah. And it's asking for. Um, oh, my God. It's asking for your discord ID or your valid email address. That's that face is the one I was also making. Yeah. Um, More stuff that's not on video this week. Your Komodo address and the balance, okay. I believe I had um, yeah, 12 40 million, million dragons. dragons. <laughs> so please give those back, Komodo. <laughs> like, is this just based on like, like the honor system? What is happening? The Komodo dragon honor system. Is... You take a vow. If you, like, <laughs> if you have dragons, I really you bet there's super a vow double involved. dog swear I had that many dragons. I would risk my own dragon's life on it. They can't even. You can't joke about that, so that's the truth. <laughs> There's no way around that. <laughs> well, I think this is a natural progression into our hoodie and goodie scale. Um, Tim, I'll start with you. What would you rate this in terms of hoodies and or goodies? No goodies, unless you managed Sierra to convince Komodo that you did have some dragons <laughs> when you really didn't, and then you get some, in which case it's like mega goodies. But hoodies. So imagining that you are a... Komodo owner and you had some dragons in your Agama wallet, (laughs) then this is potentially a very high, like a 10 hoodie thing because 
the attacker could have gotten your dragons before <laughs> Komodo hacked you and got them themselves to right. usher them to safety. So you might have lost all your dragons or all your dragons might be safe. You just <laughs> This is slowly turning into like a D&D <laughs> It really is. Where are the 20-sided dice? <laughs> so that's true. You encounter a small, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know how to imitate a dungeon master. I never was one. Well, anyway. So how, what's your, what's your, uh, your figure, your final figure? I'm going to say seven. That's my number because it's sort of an average, right? For some people it's zero and for some people it's 10 or 20 or a thousand. I, I don't know. I don't know. We don't know how many of their customers actually got uh, owned and how many of them got saved. So, whatever. I'll say seven. How many dragons are there? Uncounted. <laughs> so many dragons. So, so many dragons. dragons. <laughs> so, Emily, what are your what are your thoughts here? Who do your goodies? I have so many thoughts, Kelsey, and I think that. I do agree that this is on the hoodie scale. Um, to be fair, though. Now, why would we go and do that? I we For the first time ever, <laughs> let's be fair and say that I do think that someone at Komodo deserves some, like. Pat on the back. Yes. Sort of an ingenuity. Uh, yeah. I don't know that this, this is necessarily like, like the most like technically legal way of doing things but at the end of the day like if it saves their customers dragons and they're able to return the majority of them versus them waiting longer to actually fix the problem and losing even more <clears throat> i think that says something so i think that it had potential probably to be a much higher hoodie event um, assuming that komodo's quick thinking saved the majority of the dragons and in that case I was going to put this around a five hoodie event. That being said, they tell us that the customer, or sorry, that the company hacked its customers and transferred nearly 8 million dragons, but we don't know how many dragons there actually were. There actually total, were. Right. So we that could don't be. don't know the denominator. If the, if the bad guys had already transferred more than 8 million, then this isn't, this is a significantly higher hoodie event. Well, I think we've all right. So tune in Did to Breaking Badness episode. <laughs> something in the future to find out how the lawsuit goes <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> from the customers uh, whose dragons were either not saved or who knows, you know, this could be a, uh, is there a frivolous lawsuit? That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter at Domain Tools. All of the articles mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at blog.domaintools.com. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. That's it for this week. We'll see you again next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click. <laughs>